time has come. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. Hoach. 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 Put it in another corner. Hoach. From CHGO, it's Adam Hoag. And from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. But yeah, crazy for me. I feel like, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone. I'm, I'm not disputing what you're zone. saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing that? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Hope everyone had a good Halloween. The Bears certainly had a busy Halloween. Trick or treat. I don't know if it's a trick or treat, but uh, the Bears, Bears traded away arguably their best player over the last four years. Arguably. Yeah. Arguably. My first initial reaction, and I know we're going to talk, we're going to spend the entire podcast talking about this trade, but what, wow, does... Ryan Poles have some gumption. I'm not going to use the B word, but man, does he have some guts. Not that, like, I understand where he's coming from, but to still trade away, like, a second-team All-Pro, a guy who, again, was arguably your best player on your team, a team captain, your second-team captain on the defensive side of the ball. Like, wow. It takes some guts, man. Some belief in what you're doing. Yeah, it, it, it does. And and I think that there's there's many, many different layers to this. And so I just feel like we need to back up and like sort of lay everything out for what Roquan Smith is, was, could be, what played out here in Chicago. I mean, there really are many, many layers to this. Um so he's the number eight overall pick, right? Twenty eighteen was it eight eight overall? It started with a um, a holdout with contract, which I don't really know how much that matters now. Um, other than the fact that I do think it had an impact on him trying to represent himself now. Yes. Everything yes. that happened. I think back, it matters. Yeah. 100% back when matters. Rookie. Um, if you're going to zoom out and look at his three and a half years, right? Oh, this is four years because he's in his fifth year option right now, right? 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, so four and a half years as a bear. Um, like, nothing but a good player. Like, success story as a draft pick. No question. Like, that's the big picture view. But I do think that you have to keep in mind a couple things. One is, if we're being completely honest, like, yes, he's a team captain. Yes, he's well-respected became a pro there were some maturity issues uh, okay, at times. I was good. I was good. okay I know what you're getting at because yeah. there were times where all those things you just said were in serious doubt and question yes there were definitely some His maturity second issues. season let's not forget it was a prime time game against the Vikings right and he was held out for personal reasons not even on this was it was he on the sideline I don't even think he was there if I remember right it was bizarre it was bizarre, and there there was always. I'm not gonna get into every rumor, like I heard about that. That's that's unfair to him, unfair to the team. A lot of those coaches, and frankly, a lot of that team's not here anymore, right. including Roquan Smith. But that's part of the layer, right? It's another layer. 
it's certainly, a, I think, a smaller part, but something that's still in there in the equation. Well, it's like him losing his playbook like two days into becoming a bear. Remember that? <laughs> yes. I mean, there's, there's little stuff like that. Okay. Now, on the field, again, he's been a great player. And I think some people need to rewind and back up and not put so much emphasis on maybe what we've said in recent weeks about this season. And I, because we've gotten some tweets this morning, I feel like some people have forgotten that. Like, I, I don't think anybody was more of a president of the Roquan Smith is underrated and doesn't get enough respect club than this podcast. It's a long name for a club, but okay. Yeah, I, I started it last year. <laughs> I'm the I'm the president. You're the VP. I was unaware, but okay. Yeah, I know you got enough boards and clubs that you're part of, but uh, that is very much true. But you're part of this one too, just so you okay. know. Okay. Um. But seriously, like we've been screaming every year, like how is this guy not in the Pro Bowl or how is this guy not getting more first team all pro recognition? Like he's he's one of the top inside linebackers in the game, no question about it. So like that's all part of this. But if you're Ryan Poles and you come into this situation, you inherit this situation, you know you have to rebuild it. And I think maybe the perhaps the biggest factor here is you hired a defensive head coach who switched schemes, right? Are you really going to be in a hurry to make a player who is definitely one of the top inside linebackers in the league, but probably not the top? But who and, thought he was the top. Right, thought he was, but really isn't. As good as he is, and he's playing in a new scheme that he hasn't played in before at, at the NFL level. Don't you want to? Wouldn't you want to wait and see what it looks like? See, there was a point, like there was a price point that Ryan Poles was willing to agree upon without see him, seeing him actually play in a game for Matt Eberflus. Roquan Smith had different ideas. He did not agree with that price point. You got the trade demand made on family festival days with a statement sent to a national reporter, the NFL Network, that called it the McCaskies by name as well. Yeah. Not good. Not good. But there was a point in time where Ryan Poles was willing to sign Roquan Smith without him having actually played for Matt Eberflus. But since that didn't work, now it turned into the question, okay, how does he fit? Let's see him actually do it. Does he deserve to be the highest paid linebacker? Can he be a star in this defense? And they got eight games of it. Eight games. And that last one isn't good at all. I would say half of those games weren't good performances for Roquan Smith. The Vikings game stands out as well. You needed him to be better. You needed him to produce more takeaways. His interceptions were nice, but they were kind of gimmies. The yeah. more he played, the more he played, the more the more questions I had about his actual fit in the, in this defense, especially when he saw him against a, a better team in the Cowboys. He had one incredible game against the Texans. Um he played he had another pretty solid game. He played well last week against the Patriots, no question. He was at the time 
because I went back and looked at all the games I graded for Roquan Smith. His worst game as a pro against the Green Bay Packers in Week 2. Did I say Vikings? I think I meant Packers. Johns, the game against the Cowboys was worse than the Packers. I just got done grading this. when I Right before we started doing this podcast, I finished and put this all in. So you're talking about... I understand when you look at the stats for this year, they look pretty good. The tackles, the tackles for loss, couple sacks, interceptions. But what all those positive stats don't show are him whiffing in the backfield on a 54-yard touchdown run on Sunday. Or him whiffing... I said a couple of those. Yeah, I, I think it was the other one. A seven-yard touchdown. He whiffed. He <laughs> whiffed. Your, wait, just be honest. He whiffed on two tackles on Sunday against the Cowboys that were touchdowns. Yes. What, you, what grade did you have for him against the Vikings? Do you have your grades up? I feel like that was another bad game for him because Dalvin Cook, he went off. I, I got the stats right here, actually. 18 for 94 and two touchdowns. I had him down um, barely in the positive in that game. Okay. Which so for that game he graded out as a fringe starter, okay. But again, I want to zoom out. Like I'm, we're not trying to kill him for two awful games. But it's part of the context. If you're Ryan Poles and he doesn't want to take the money that you've offered, now this evaluation starts. Now this is what do you look like in this scheme? And you have your two worst games as a pro in it. Two out of the eight you play this year. The bottom line is he this is why I this is exactly why when people roll their eyes, I'm, I'm sure they do sometimes at like my grades, but this is why it is structured the way it is, which by the way comes from NFL scouts. There's a difference between being a starter and a long-term starter. Long-term starter is you pay them. That's honestly the category where Roquan is. He wants the blue chip, the top level, to be the highest paid player at his position. And he already wasn't that, okay? And He wanted to set the market. And then he played this year more like just a regular starter, not a long-term starter. So if you're... The, the point is, when you zoom out and you look at all this, and this is the scheme, this is what he has to be able to play in if he's going to be here in Chicago, and you're Ryan Poles, you say, look, man, he's a good player. We like him. He's a team captain. But... We got to trade deadline, and I don't know if this is going to work out. And in a minimum, do you know what the you know what the um, franchise tag number is on the linebackers, Johns? Oh, it's high. It's eighteen million dollars. Yeah, yeah, that's what's projected coming up. So and he wanted more than that, and he wanted even more than that. So I, what I'm getting at when it's all said and done, as much as this podcast is champion Roquan Smith, and he was a success story, I totally understand. The move. And even if it's 50-50 after everything we just laid out, this is where I think the conversation goes back to what happened in August on that morning when he put out that statement, which if you're really going to translate it, questioned the GM, accused him of negotiating in bad faith, and went above his head to his bosses by naming the McCaskies and saying only yeah. the McCaskies can save this. Yes. That's not a professional move. That's not a move that an agent would do if you were being represented. No. <laughs> there were a few agents who reached out to me. Guys who have represented first-round picks, guys who have been in this league a long time. 
much longer than Roquan Smith representing players. Their initial reaction, what the hell is he doing? I think that this was our reaction, work. too. <laughs> yes, yes. But guys who get paid to, to do what Roquan Smith was trying to do. Can I zoom back into this season for just for one second? Yes. Like the Texans game can't be held to the same standards as the Cowboys game. Texans, 1-5-1. and one. Dallas Cowboys, one of the best teams in the league where you need your best players to look like it. Vikings, one of the best teams in this league. You need one of your best players to look like it. I know the Packers have started to stink a bit. Chicago loves that. But we all know you need your best players to be your best players against the Packers in this town. And he wasn't. Then you zoom back out. I think at the end of the day, given what happened so far this season and knowing what can happen at the end of the season based on what just happened before the season, Ryan Poles wanted to avoid the headache, the conflict, the potential headline-grabbing nature of more tenuous contract negotiations with his linebacker after the season. Yeah. I, 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 and let me ask you this question. I'm going to bring in Kevin Fishbane. The fish. Based on what you've seen this season, do you think it's a possibility that Roquan Smith has peaked as a player? And that's part of Poles' equation here is at a minimal, like he could still be a really, really good linebacker, but he's not going to become that number one guy. So if that's really what he wants, Let's take what we can get for him. Move on. I think, given the right team, maybe given the right players in front of him, he could be a monster. He could. I don't. And by the I way, that might be the Ravens. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. It could be. He's he's not the only star really on that defense. I mean, there's there's talent in all three levels of that Ravens defense. But I would say maybe to shift the conversation, but he's in his prime and should be in his prime. And he needs to be a better player in his prime. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like th- these are his prime linebacking years. Fifth season, six coming up. You know what I mean? Like these are his. These but should be his, his most productive years. I guess what I'm getting at is like, like Khalil Mack is still a really, really good player. Like there's no question. He's having a pretty solid season with the Chargers right now. But like, he peaked, like right. Like pretty much right at seventeen and eighteen, like right, right when he got to the Bears, like the Bears made that trade for him, gave up that draft capital, like kind of at the peak. Like this is the best he's going to be as an NFL player. He can still be really, really good for many more years and still be a very effective player. But this is the top. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what I'm wondering about Roquan Smith. Like, is this the top? He could go on and be a really, really good player for the Ravens for you know five, six more seasons, but. Uh, you, you always got to be careful of where that peak is. And if you pay him up here and he plays even down here that whole time, that's where you end up that, with that, the Bears trading Khalil yeah, Mack a couple yeah, years yeah, later. Yeah, that's, that's bad business. I don't think Ryan Poles is in this business right now at this point in his Bears tenure to to take certain risks that way. Well, talk about somebody who always overperforms his pay level. Let's bring in Kevin Fishbane. Uh, he's the uh, the Northwestern fanatic. So he's having a rough year. Everybody pray for him. What's up, Kev? Hey, guys. 
Um, are you just giving up on the season? I mean, the Bears are what a half well, game no, out of I the. Well, no, I have to go to the games. <laughs> are they? A ha- they're a half game out of the seven seed, and you are endorsing the trade of their best player. They could make the playoffs. Yeah, just they like could a- get that seven seed and lose by three touchdowns, and then get a bad draft pick. Was this was like this a good th- was this a good entrance? It was pretty good. You've, 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 had, you've had better, but okay. Yeah. No, but you, you got my wheel spin because like the Cowboys are probably going to be like the five seed. Yep. And they just beat the Bears by twenty. Mm-hmm. The Bears would be like the seven seed. Yep. <sighs> now Ryan Poles isn't concerned about making the playoffs this year. We I mean, we know that by now. He's more concerned yeah. about building his team towards what he. Be, no, he I think Kevin's on something. I take back everything I just said in the last success. seventeen minutes. Ryan Poles, what are you doing? Yeah, you know, I, I w- I'll get your guys' take on this. Um, talking to some people around the league, one a couple people mentioned, you know, what does this do to the locker room? I'm sure you guys kind of touched on this. And like Jalen Johnson was on the score yesterday, and you could tell like the impact. But I mean, I, I like there's three guys on that defense who even know who Roquan Smith is before July. Like I, 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 again, not to downplay what it means to lose your leader, but Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon and Justin Jones and Nicholas Morrow and Al-Kadim Muhammad and uh, Jack Sand, like none of these guys had even met Roquan Smith until this season. Uh, you know, I, again, it, it's it's meaningful, but I just wonder, like this isn't a group of guys who have been together for five years. And you just traded their leader. Like these are all young new players, and half the guys I just mentioned might not even be on the team next year, anyways. In other words, this isn't ripping up the 2012 Chicago Bears like defense with Burlacker right. and Briggs and Tillman. Yeah. Like, and it's not. It's you know, like every time a Cub got traded, in in those in those years that Theo started to you know tear that down and Jed. Like each one, it was a big deal because a lot of that nucleus was still there. And it was like one by one. Well, Ryan Poles got rid of most of the nucleus already. Like there were only a few guys left. Also, the so, nucleus was bad. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't win a World Series like the Cubs did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Well, I think to your, to your point, Kevin, it depends who that person is in the locker room. Eddie Jackson is going to view this vastly different than... Jaquan Brisker, and they play next to each other. Like yeah. Dave Montgomery's going to see this differently than Khalil Herbert, and they share the same backfield. Yeah, it, it's different guys I, in different points of their careers. Yeah, and as I said, it's definitely going to impact some guys. But I think, like, if you're going like big picture, um, from like a macro standpoint, like that's just not that's not like my overall concern. I do think individual guys. I'm curious how it impacts them because if they're going to lose by 20 to the Cowboys. And part of the reason is because they were phased by the Robert Quinn trade. Well, what are they going to do when they play Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle on Sunday after Roquan Smith got traded? But, like, did Roquan Smith miss those touchdown tackles because Robert Quinn wasn't there? Yes. Like, <laughs> it, it, like it's, just, it's just hard for me to buy that, you know? Like, Pollard okay. was hitting the gap, and Roquan Smith was like, here's my chance. Ah, Robert Quinn's gone. <laughs> Yeah, but that's a good point. Like, eventually, you got to be <laughs> what the the tape is your resume. By the way, like, for, I, for Ro, well, sorry to cut you off, John Z. For Roquan Smith's own 
like Q rating, the timing wasn't very good for him for the trade to come after a game that he himself called embarrassing. Yeah. I do think all of us who have covered Roquan Smith and watched him know that like he bounces back from these. I think if you go through like when he's had a bad game, he he had one earlier. So you guys thought we're talking about the Packers game and then he he bounced back. So like let's I, for everyone who's like, well, you know, look what he did in look at his what he did in that Cowboys game. Let's remember that he he would probably be fine the next week. That that wasn't that was not Roquan Smith. Also, like I think there's uh, something to be said about the scheme and if you're the Ravens, I think you can look at his positive production this year and be like, let's get him back on a defense that's more similar to what he's been playing in before with more talent around him and he's going to be like and this is still going to be a trade that works out for us by giving up a second and a fifth yeah, round pick yeah. like i get yeah. it from their standpoint and kev to your point i don't know if that's the case right now anymore like he did that a lot when he had like a key mix in front of him i don't know if he's got the help needed to to bounce back enough especially if he's facing a superior opponent in 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 the dolphins like if if he's yeah. playing the texans again sure Go ruin their their offensive strategy. Go go be a world beater. But if they're facing like a true AFC playoff team and like the Dolphins, I could see more problems for Roquan Smith coming about. It's just not the same defense. Let me ask you guys this. So we've had a couple games this year where it's been very evident the other team is not throwing at Jalen Johnson, right? Like we saw it in Green Bay. We saw it this past Sunday. Like the teams are understandably strategically not throwing in his direction. So like you would imagine that's a topic of conversation in those teams meeting rooms leading into the game. How much is Roquan Smith in that com in a similar conversation? I mean, we've heard offensive coaches and offensive players. I mean, Aaron Rodgers lauds Roquan Smith again. Like he's obviously a very good player. Somebody you got to kind of know what he's capable of, but our team's game opponents game planning around him the way They've kind of game planned around Jalen Johnson the, the way that they would game plan around a great defensive end if the Bears had one. Like, is like he, a Micah is Parsons, Khalil right, Mack like, 2018. Is Roquan Smith at that level? I mean, shoot, I think you could argue teams are probably game planning around Robert Quinn with chips well, and he double got, teams. He got double teamed a bunch this year, more yeah. so than last year. Well, Absolutely, they did. Yeah, to your point, like I, I feel like one thing Roquan has struggled with this year that's been an adjustment for him is just having way more offensive linemen downfield, yes. you know, on him you know, so quickly, whereas in and part of that scheme, some of that's talent in front of him, but, you know, going from the two gapping that used to be there ahead of time, or, you know, before this year, there was just less of that. And how many times have we seen, like, I mean, I've seen it all over the tape where Roquan just sort of almost like caught off guard that there's a lineman on him right away. And he's just off balance and he gets pushed back five. Even like there's a lot of plays where he makes the tackle. This is where I want to get back to the tackles. And and I don't not have the time to chart this. So maybe there's a pro football focus world out there or some. Well, know, they're not somebody. very keen on Roquan Smith this year well, either. I, I I know. Although I did see somebody from Pro Football Focus yesterday be like, How could you trade this guy? Like, and I was just kind of made me laugh because I'm like, You guys hate him. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, yes. Um but what I'm getting at is how I'd love to see like a chart of where his tackles actually occurred on the field, because I feel like he has racked up a lot of tackles seven, eight yards down the field. We did look this up yesterday, just how many 
uh, tackles for no gain he has. And among linebackers, I think he was top 10. But that's that's a very specific like yeah, just because he, like it, you, just because he has he he has a lot of tackles for no gain which is good but he probably has a lot of tackles that are you know past that 5 yard range. And, and by I'd be the way, curious, like a lot of that's on the D line for not getting penetration. I mean 100%. That. It's not yeah. a good D line. Yeah. But I just there's been a lot of plays whether it's Carson Wentz, you know, oh, that's a, it's a unique lasting image of Roquan Smith this season, <laughs> is it not? Just getting flattened by Carson Wentz. Yes. Ugh. Yes. So I, I'm not. I'm like, <laughs> we were all like visualizing it right there. Bad look. If you're watching on YouTube, I think that pause is all of us visualizing Carson Wentz putting Roquan Smith on his back. And imagine what Taylor Heineke would have done. Oof. What would he have done? I don't know. He's, Gavin, question he, for you. <laughs> <laughs> we we were we were talking about this earlier. How how much do you think like everything that happened in the summer just like lingered with polls as the season played out? Where you're you're where you're wanting to see more from fifty eight. You you know what he said in the contract negotiation contract negotiations, you know what he wants. Like how much do you think everything from August just lingered to now, November first? Oh, it had to. I mean, I think I would imagine if you're Ryan Poles and you just went through that very acrimonious negotiation period with a guy, you're thinking to yourself, he's always going to ask for that. It's just going to increase. There's no way Roquan's going to come to the table next spring and say, you know what? I want less than I asked for last year, right? So that's your baseline. So you're probably asking yourself, okay, play like it. Go play like that guy because at that moment, I didn't think you were that player. Now you get a chance to play and see. And, it, you know, I think we saw, like, this reflected what the Bears think of him. I'll, I'll ask you one more. How much do you think that stuck with the chairman? Because... Having his name listed in a national reporter's report, his last name? At the very yeah, I, I, I don't... I'm sure George McCaskey, if he's asked about it, will be very classy and thank Roquan Smith for what he did for the team. Roquan was first in line often to do community events for the Bears. He was first in line to do, you know, the team's got to meet with the uh, the broadcast partners. He did and, a lot and, of that stuff. And with a big smile in a person yeah. who generally seemed to like doing all that stuff. Yeah, I think and, that and, matters and too. Everybody in the building knew him, and he, he made a point to know people in the building. But I wonder for George McCaskey to see the way that a player talked about his team, how maybe less difficult it was for him to, if he needed to, to sign off on a move like this. I haven't had a chance to talk to the McCaskey family, and maybe they can salvage this. But as of right now, I don't see a path back to the organization I truly love. That was from his quote or his statement. See the Ro- first Roquan Smith. Fest. Roquan Smith was a great player for us, and we thank him for what he did for this team. But I believe in Ryan and his vision, and I trust Ryan, and we move forward. I think we haven't won enough under the leadership of George McCaskey, and that's what we're working on. Uh, where, where's our friend Patrick Finley? See, I think the first mistake in that what you just read, John's is I haven't talked to the McCaskey family yet. 
I still don't understand that. I will never understand like, how. <laughs> you should have talked to them before you put that statement out. Like that, that would have been my first piece of advice. In those months he was referring to, all three of us had talked to a member of the McCaskey family. How yes. did he not talk to us? He's outside every day at training camp. <laughs> He's not I hard to that find. We, I think we said that in this very podcast, that George McCaskey's yeah. talking to fans every single day, man. Pat's out there. Brian's out there. Go find your McCaskey. Yeah, pick your favorite one. Like, I have a running joke that, that practice can't start until Pat's at practice. Yes. Then he gets there and then practice could start. Always there. <laughs> I yeah, it, it's too bad because like like we said off the top of this podcast, I think there's no question. Roquan Smith was a success story as a draft pick, a first round pick, and the Bears don't have many of these. <laughs> so it sucks when you have to trade one of them away. But it's it's just not black and white. It's very yeah. complicated. It also, by the way, is probably another good reminder of why you shouldn't draft an inside linebacker so high. Because if you if you get you have a top ten pick who did nothing but play well for you, but you still feel the need to trade him and you can only get a second and a fifth back for him. Like the value is just not there. It it it's something to like I, I feel like we're talking about a guy who's a two-time second team all pro, right? You know, we're not like, but we're also just being very realistic about what he asked for and what the team, it, what the, the state of the team is right now. And I do want, like, I, I, I believe that when Ryan Poles got here, that he, I mean, he proved, he said it. He, they, they made Roquan Smith an offer. Like they were committed to keeping this guy. It's not like they. Didn't try. Obviously, they didn't try to a level well, you, that Roquan Smith wanted. You consider the, the, the importance of the positions. It's three technique, and then you need that weak side linebacker, right? That Lance Briggs-like yeah. linebacker in this scheme. Then you got nickel and safety. But but that's an important point, yeah. Johns. Did they decide that he's not? Yes. Like, he, 100% he's, they did. Yeah, yeah, like, they he's not that guy. Yes. Yeah, yeah I mean, they you know. totally did. But that's where it goes back we, to the scheme that I'm talking about. Like, that's part of this evaluation. He's, he's not worth what the Colts he's not the Shaq Leonard yeah but, but even scheme. like like if, if there were enough glimpses of it then you then you kind of talk yourself into okay let's see if we can make this work with him after the year again all those things we talked about the, the headache the 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 conflict the potential conflict in negotiations that can happen again after what you just experienced in in the summer like you talk yourself into you, you prepare yourself for dealing with that if he's playing well I don't know, Kev. Was he playing well, in your opinion? He wasn't playing a hundred million dollar contract well. So that's what mattered. And and and, and because again, that was that was we I, I presumably Roquan Smith starting point. Let's um let's talk about though where they go from here, both in the short term and who the hell plays linebacker because you still do have nine you have nine games, okay, that you still have to play this season, and also. Long term, how do they go find that will that they need for the scheme? I mean, and with the reality that even let's say they use one of these second round picks that they have on one on a potential guy that can fill that role, probably he that player is not going to be as good as Roquan right away. You know, there's going to be some develop 
it there. But let's start with the short term. How do you handle this with the linebackers spot? Because I, I have one thought. See you, Kev. Kevin's got to get out of here. So thanks, Kev. Appreciate it. Um, Jess, I have one thought, which is I don't think Nicholas Morrow's played all that well at the mic, too. Like, I think that's part of this. And he might be the most qualified guy you have to play Will. And who do you move to the mic? Jack Sanborn? It was the backup tomorrow throughout training camp. I I think so. Because your other options are like Joe Thomas, who's, I don't know, I, he's just kind of guy that's been around. They did well, get think- A.J. Klein in this trade, right? But personally, if you're going down this road of rebuilding... I think they do like Jack Sanborn and Sanborn. One of the strengths about Sanborn coming up is he played all over the Wisconsin defense. Like he's he he can he's a versatile linebacker, and not, no one's sitting here saying he's going to be like you know the future you know five Urlacher. ten yard ten year starter at the position for the Bears. But I can tell you, man, and you saw it in the preseason. This dude has like an instinctual plus part to his game where he might not be the fastest, he might not be the strongest, but he's going to be in the right position. And so when I look at this, that that's what I would consider doing right now is having Sanborn at the mic, Morrow over at the will, and then I don't know how quickly AJ Klein's going to be able to play, but then that's your Sam. Badgers linebackers may not like turn out to be like long-term solutions at linebacker for you, but they produce. They're all over the league right now. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. Yes, they are. They produce. They play tough. They're smart players. I would do it if I'm the Bears, if I'm Alan Williams, if I'm Eddie Rivers, just because for things you just said briefly not too long ago, you're rebuilding. Play the kids. Eddie Rivers has long maintained he's not afraid to play young players. I think you're seeing that in the secondary. I think you're seeing that at defensive end right now with Dominique Robinson. I think you should do the same now at linebacker. If you're rebuilding... Find some young answers, even if they turn out to be temporary for a year or two. But find some young players who could be potential solutions or answers or just decent contributors for your defense. And what they need is opportunity. At this point, you just traded away Roquan Smith and Robert Quinn. You're not in the business of trotting out veterans. You're just not. A.J. Klein could come in in a pinch and play. Fine. Joe Thomas can come in 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 a pinch and play. Fine. Play Jack Sanborn. Let the kid from Lake Zurich get some reps in. Then, uh, big picture, and then we're going to play your voice. We still have your voicemails to play from Sunday. But um, Ryan Pulse is putting, I still think he's putting this team in a position where they're going to be, they're going to be a talking point this offseason. Like a they're major talking, talking point. They're a talking point right now because they got nine draft picks and a lot of money to spend in free agency. A lot. I'm not sure they're going to spend all of it, by the way. Because I feel like he's still kind of leaning towards... And I'm not, I'm not saying he's saving money, but he's trying to be very conscious of, of what he wants to do, who he wants to bring in here, like and how they fit for the next few years. I think he's. I think the way to put it is he's going to be smart with the money. Yes. Like I, I don't think you're going to necessarily see a major spe- spending spree. You might see... You might see one 
massive contract to like a wide receiver or a left tackle or something. That I could see happening. But I don't think he's necessarily going to be like, all right, 120 million. How do we spend this? Put it this way. He's not going to go full Jaguars on the Bears. Yeah. And you're seeing right now why that might not be. Oh, you see, you see it every two years when they try to buy themselves out of trouble. I don't see Ryan Poles taking that method to trying to fix his Bears. No, he, he's trying to for he's he's going for the long term fix, which means the draft. Very pointed frugal moves in free agency, and and, and also in part of that planning, you got to plan for your own guys, right? Like Darnell Mooney, pay him. And we just talked about what Justin Fields has been doing. You know, he's got two more years to to figure that out. But one that's more com- year, actually, yeah. But that's part of this equation too, because okay, realistically, even with all his money and draft picks, they ain't not going to be a Super Bowl team next year. That would be an insane turnaround. Like they're still going to be a young football team next year that maybe starts to come into their own with some new guys. But that would be that would be a stretch. Right. So now if you're saying 2024 is the year where they're like, you know, really going for it. Well, that's year four for fields. Right. Yes. So now you're already into. Are they paying them? Are they extending? You know what I mean? Like. And you're, you're certainly at the back end of the rookie year window where, you know, at a minimum, that fifth year option the following year costs way more. True. That's all part of it. I just want to say, too, again, like I said off the top, I don't think enough GMs in the NFL do this enough, what Ryan Poles is trying to do. And I had doubts about him him even doing it. I said like four days ago that it made more sense to potentially play hardball with Roquan Smith again. Right? Try to You got the franchise tag. You can play hardball with him again. It's hard to find three down linebackers, like we just mentioned. Like, where do you find the answer? Second round, free agency. Yeah, it may take two or three shots at it to, to get it right. You have one, but I, I understand his philosophy. But in general, if you want to use that Cubs comparison that we know well in Chicago, I don't think you see enough of this in the NFL, where everything's torn down. To use a cliche, torn down to the studs, right? And then you rebuild it back up. Not enough teams do this in the NFL. That's why you think you have teams like the Jaguars who can't get out of whatever they're in. That's why you have the, the Bears just forever stuck in what they are. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to be nice here. But, but you know what but, I'm saying? But we saw a shift in the draft last year where you, you saw a guy who's like, no, nah, I'm going to start acquiring picks. Like, yes. Stop trading the picks. Acquire the picks. Load up on the picks. And the, But the one downside of what he was left was he only ended up with three picks in the first three rounds. And that didn't include a first-round pick. Yeah. So all, all those other picks well, came Well, he didn't later. have one to begin with because of the Justin Fields trade. But. Right, but what I'm getting at, now he's already got nine. And I don't have it in front of me, but four of them are in the first... Three rounds. And then five, uh, six of them are in the first four rounds. Is that right? Like, it, the, the point is, he's already shifted the, the amount. So he has the amount, but they're, they're way earlier than they were last yeah. year. Yeah. So you saw his draft approach last year when he had to load up. The only thing he could do was basically, all right, I got 
an extra second because I traded Khalil Mack, but basically all these picks are later in the draft. Okay, Now he's accumulating picks that are earlier in the draft, and you have a first-rounder, two second-rounders. That's that's how you turn things around. And then you got to hit at least picks. at least at least you hope they turn things around. But it's a different approach than we saw Philarmy open with, right? He went full on win now, mm-hmm. right away, full on win now. Ryan Pace tried to tread water with John Fox for a bit before he made his bold move for the quarterback, and then you respect moves like that, like you you expect conviction, you you respect. GMs with guts, GMs who want to do things like this, like what Ryan Poles is doing. It took, again, it took guts to trade arguably your best player on your team. Yeah. A few days after trading one of the most popular players in your team. like You just traded your two defensive captains within a five-day window. That's something. That takes balls. That does. It takes a lot of balls. And you can respect that because I don't see you, you don't see it enough across the league. That's why so many teams just cycle through GMs and cycle through coaches because everyone's trying to, to win now or win within two years, and it never really works. So I appreciate that this is actually really happening for the Bears, where everything's being torn down. They're finding who fits. They're acquiring picks. They're increasing their cap space. This is different. This is very different. All right, let's uh, end the show with your voicemails from the Bears' loss to the uh, Dallas Cowboys the other day. Really interested to hear what these are going to be because you had a lot of positives on offense and a lot of awfulness on defense. But uh, here we go, your voicemails from the Cowboys game. We're in corner! That was not it. <laughs> but it's still funny. Oh. <laughs> We got him here. <laughs> Still my favorite soundbite. <laughs> Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. The Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Hoggy Cat, John Bad Bob Petoskey calling in from Jerry's World in the Big D. Well, guess what, boys? The Dallas Cowboys have to face the big penetrating D of the Chicago Bears defense in this one. It's going to be a slaughterhouse down here, boys. Bears are going to win as long as Justin Fields doesn't lose his head as other JFs have lost their head down in Dallas. But I think that the Bears go down there, win 33-10. They get, Cowboys get 10. Garbage time touchdowns. Let's go Bears. Go Bears. All right, lads, I'm calling before the game this time. I think we need to have a real conversation about how Trevor Lawrence has now lost six one-score games and get zero of the criticism that Justin Fields does. It, it's it's truly out of control and really needs some analysis. Badass. Listen, I'm so sick and tired of hearing these announcers say that Kendall Vildor has been beat again. This is like the fifth week in a row, and if Kendall Vildor is starting on this defense next week, I'm going to burn every Bears piece of clothing that I have. Those orange jerseys got to be bad luck. We got to stop wearing these, boys. Let's just stick to blue and white. Eddie. 
Eddie. Eddie Jackson with interception. Hey, Dave from Connecticut. Now we got a score. Uh, I do have a quick question, guys. For those away games, those water boys and those tablet givers, are those actually Chicago fans or whatever? Give me a show. John, you should have stuck with your bet of Cole Komet touchdown. Bold prediction. It happened. Bear down. I think it's uh, important to have a little bit of perspective after a loss like this. Because, you know, you give up 50 points, people get reactionary, and rightly so. But we said going into the season that the ideal Bears game would be one where Fields looks really good, but we know we don't have the talent to really compete this year. So we end up losing the game. And we end up getting a higher draft pick so we can get a really good receiver, lineman, whatever. That's what happened this week. Fields looks like a QB of the future. We lost against a team that has way more talent than us. That's what's supposed to happen. I'm okay with this. What's up, Adam? It's Rick from Wilmette again. I just ate my third Italian beef because that's what we eat on Sunday. Well, Justin Fields had an amazing game. Too bad he didn't, couldn't get more protection from the offensive line. The defense was deplorable. At least Hogue got a truck of truckload of points from Tony Pollard. Bear down. Oh, John, Ed Montana. Let's bring back the parodies. Ditch those helmets. Bears, bears. Trust poles. Bears, 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 bears. We have cap room. Bears, 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 bears. We have draft picks. Bears, 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 bears. Wait till next year. Bears, 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 bears. Oh, yeah, and let's trade baby Quan Quan. Hey, Bears fans, B-Man here. I, the, our offense is looking better, and I can't wait to see it live on my first Bears game next week. Bear down! Foggy Cat, Jersey Babe, it's uh, Bob the Bossy calling back in again from Big D. That's a.k.a. Dallas, Texas. DX stands for Texas. Uh, you know, I got a couple of numbers here for you. 29, that's the number that the Bears scored here tonight in Dallas. That's the most points that any team has put up against this Dallas defense in the history of the 2022 NFL season. That's a good step. That means that Justin Fields is taking a step, taking a big step. And we got this offense finally. An offense that scores 29 points. I think uh, our man Fishman there put out a Twitter that said that, like, these Bears uh, that score 29 points win, like, 99.7% of games or something like that. Point is... uh those are some numbers, and that's some stats, and let's go. Chicago Bears, 29 points. Uh, it's a loss, but it's a win in my heart because they scored 29 points, and that's a very rare thing to do. Let's go, Chicago. Chicago Bears, 2023 Super Bowl champions. Chicago Bears, get it done. Bears down. I think Bobby may have just made the soundboard again. We got to pull that. Uh... Point is, those are some numbers. <laughs> We gotta have those ready anytime stats come up on this show now. It, it is impressive that Kevin just seems to have these at whim sometimes. He's the he's the he's the fun fact guy. He is the fun fact. Some of them don't sound fun, but they're yeah. facts. Uh, and I, be, I, it sounds like we're gonna see B Man at the uh, tailgate. Well, oh, I don't yeah. know if you're actually coming or not, but I think I'll, that's, I'm gonna try my best. <laughs> I think that's the plan. Again, the tailgate Sunday. Uh, starting at 8 a.m. before the game. What time are you going to be there? Probably like 8.30. Okay, I'll, I'll shoot for that as well. Something like that. Maybe if I can get up earlier, I'll 
get go get out of the house early. I'll be there by eight. We'll see. You got a big game Saturday. I know. So you could be out. I mean, it could. It's a it's right. a two o'clock game for us at least. So not so a night. You, so if you win, you'll be at the bar at five thirty. Home by ten thirty, maybe. I was home by nine this time or last week. So, okay, yeah. responsible. Yeah. Well, it is weird. Like when you play Saturday, you forget it's Saturday. It feels like Friday. And I remember it was like nine o'clock, and I'm like. Oh crap! I gotta go to work tomorrow. <laughs> I have to function. Yeah. So, um, forget what else I was gonna say, but uh, appreciate the voicemails. Good stuff. There was even a trade Roquan thing in there, and it yeah. happened. So there That's you go. Foresight. This was your official Bears traded Roquan Smith podcast. It's a big move. It's gonna be something we talk about for a long time. And it'll be, it's really probably the first thing Ryan Poles has done that will be truly, truly judged. Scrutinizing everything he does. Yeah. But you know what, though? There's, to, to that argument, there's going to be like four years to do it. And he's got time to find solutions. Roquan Smith was a good player. For a player who had questions about his holdout coming in to that weird second year, became a team captain, beloved and respected in the locker room, two second-team all-pros. He was a good player, good draft pick. I know what you're saying about linebackers in the top 10, but he was a good pick, a successful first-rounder. But his contract negotiations and what Ryan Poles wants to do in the future, that was it for him. Bears turned the page. And can we just, again, another reminder. He requested a trade. I feel like people forget that. He asked to be traded. He did. That happened. Part of what Fourth happened. Fourth season. Yeah. All right, we're out of here. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Uh, and let's see, obvioshirts.com, where all the merch is. Johns got an obvious shirts hoodie on today. JD1, nice. And, um, yeah, subscribe on YouTube if you're not already on there. we got the Hogan Johns the YouTube channel. You can watch uh, every single podcast we do. Hit the like button. Subscribe. Make sure you hit the notifications so you know when we go live on game days. And uh, for everybody who still listens the old-fashioned way to the podcast, we appreciate you. The OGs, please rate and review the pod. Thank you very much. There's a lot of you. There are. There are. And um, we will be back Thursday because there's still another game this week to preview. Maybe there's more moves to talk about. We'll find out. And uh, either way, we'll be there Thursday for you with our Bears-Dolphins preview. Talk to you guys. See ya. Point is, uh, those are some numbers.